Bye. Short Bus Debate Club. It's a bus. Rolling. I can get on board. <laughs> Hello, I'm Darren Jolly. <laughs> it's time to get this short bus started. So let's roll. And on with the show. Hello, everyone. It's Brian Courtney with Short Bus Debate Club. This episode, number 36, we are going to talk about the burden of command. Uh... You know, it was funny when I suggested this topic to Darren, I was thinking of it a, on a micro level, you know, uh, militias, military, whatever, small groups of people or even larger groups of people, but not the entire fucking populace of a country. And so Darren said we should do it with you know, the burden on Biden. And the reason I never thought about it was because personally, I don't even think Biden gives a fuck about any of us. Um, But secondly, he is so high up on the chain of command that he doesn't really order anybody except a handful of people around. And then that handful orders two handfuls, and those two handfuls order four. And then, you know, as you get down the chain of command, you finally get to the burden. Now, that's not to say that Biden isn't burdened. But um, we're going to talk about Biden and the burden of command. But first, I wanted to give you an idea what the burden of command is. Um, And I got this from a magazine, an online magazine called Small Wars Journal, and it was written in March of 2020. Um, The burden of command is a combination of command, authority, responsibility, and accountability, combined with expectations placed on commander, and those compound each other and result in the burden of command. So, Obviously, everybody has a burden. You know, I I think even, you know, the head of a household has the burden of command on on some level because there's an expectation, responsibility, accountability, all of that horseshit. Um, I'm going to shut up now and and let Darren talk because I've been talking for two and a half minutes and didn't introduce him. So, Darren, take it away. What a dick. Well, I mean, when we were talking, it wasn't so much about Biden specifically. Um, I just think about it in the current context of the way that the structure of the United States works, where, like, I don't even know how, I mean, where you have these people who are in military spaces for extended periods of time, generally speaking. Of course, you can fire them, you can move them around and, and whatnot, but... The person that's at the top of the United States, this is like, I mean, I, 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 I don't know. Like, if I think about January 6th, for January 6th to have worked, you have to get all of the military positions to sort of fall in line with you. Um, this was this was never going to happen. I mean, it was just like this 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 fantasy space that existed. Um, and for you mean for the coup to occur? Well, for, yeah, for the yeah, for it to actually have been something more than just a, <laughs> a bunch of people going or going around, you know, 
breaking things inside the Capitol, having the cathartic moment, filming it. It's more like a show at that point in time than it is actually whatever it was that they were allegedly aiming for. Um, but while, like you, you said, he is the commander in chief, right? But and you're you're on the hot seat, but it almost looks like if you're the president these days, or if you're the prime minister, you know, in in another country, you're just sort of like this this face that they put on top of everything. I don't think that most of them are making any any choices, you know, any any real decisions. It wasn't like World War II when they put Ch Churchill into power, you know, um, when everything was sort of escalating and and England had to make their choice. Do, you know, do, do we do we try to negotiate with with Germany or do we uh, do we do do we declare war or be part of a, a declaration? Um, clearly, in that moment, Winston Churchill was the head of the British Empire or whatever existed as as the British Empire in the 1840s or 1940s. Sorry. Um, but right now, like, <clears throat> because he has to be a figurehead, because he has to, he's on the hot seat, because he's the face of it, he has to go out there and he has to make all these comments and make these declarations and, you know, and, and certainly, like, uh, when you have, say, for instance, uh, the Ukraine, Ukraine and Poland saying, you know, uh, this is the direction we, we need to be going. And, and, and then Biden comes back out and says, no, this is concretely the direction of our foreign policy in relation to what's going on over there. In that moment, the buck does stop with him. But I really don't know whether or not, because of the way that these people that occupy the, the power spaces in the military below him um, and the intelligence spaces, I don't really know, like, I think that the perception of a burner command his space is more pseudo than it is real. Well, I think at some point it has to be real, but the problem is is that they always try to give him fucking plausible deniability. And if you have plausible deniability on any one thing, then you can't do that thing because you have to say, well, I didn't know about that <laughs> thing. Um, and so you mentioned the military and, and the intelligence. Um, I think in a lot of cases, they deny him information and tell him, you know, you, you can't know this. You can't know what we're going to do because we're going to blow up two pipelines to make it look like Russia did it. You know, you can't know that. Otherwise, it could potentially be. A, on one hand, a criminal act towards towards who he is as a person, and also that it it would make him look like a. But I don't know what I mean because your point with the pipeline is not that you're you're just trying to say who 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 could have who who did it. We don't really know who did it. Right. So yeah, I mean that's that is the function of intelligence. But if that's the truth, where does where does like where does where does agency and get exist in a, in a regular population? If you have this this huge sphere that's doing all of these things as a state as as a state actor, but in a completely invisible way, and then you have the person that sits on the top of it, who, uh, you know, I mean, obviously this is this is why you know I, I like Gramsci so much because it is really, uh, it's more a a thing of the image than it is the thing itself. But I mean. You see, you see what I'm saying? Well, I'm, so the best real-world example I can think of is Ronald Reagan and Ollie North. 
and the Contras. I mean, look at what Ollie North did. And I, I shouldn't call him Ollie. I, I apologize. You can call him Ollie. Uh, Oliver okay. North. No, call him Ollie. Ollie, um, Ollie, Sorry. You know, <laughs> that guy pled the fifth more than any fucking person I've ever seen in my life. And he kept saying the president didn't know. You, you, you remember? I mean, everybody said the president didn't know. There's no fucking way Ronald Reagan didn't know about that. Sorry. Maybe, 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 I don't know. I don't know. But one thing that, I, just as, as a side point, um, they kept asking him about uh, um, this stuff along the lines of FEMA and the provisional uh, suspension of the Constitution stuff. And uh, he, he says, he says, I cannot answer that question in the open forum. They asked him like 16 different ways. He says, if you want to go into a different room and talk about this, I will be more than happy to go talk to you about this, but I cannot talk to you about this here. I mean, that that's because that, that air, you know, so in that sense, even though Reagan may have known some of what was happening, I, I don't believe I think I still think that they constructed in the, in the way that you originally they, suggested. Yeah, they left they left him out on purpose. But there was a, a documentary on HBO called The Invisible Pilot, I think is what it was called. I don't know. But it was about this guy that started flying coke and he was just doing it illegally and selling it to, you know, distributors. And then somebody in the fucking CIA taps him, and he actually said that he met Reagan um, and that Reagan said he was doing a good job. Yeah, that's the one. Um, Which suggests that Reagan... Knew at least parts of it. And the part that he knew was just flat fucking illegal, which was selling coke. To the Contras, <laughs> or yeah, selling guns to the Contras, so, selling yeah. coke here yeah, to get so, money to buy guns to, to give it to our round. Yeah, uh-huh. Okay, so yeah, I'm glad I ran through that fucking thing. Um, anyway, it, it, Reagan knew maybe bits and pieces, maybe the entire fucking thing, but either way, I think the plausible deniability thing has to be at least recognized on this episode, but I don't think that that should completely isolate his burden of command because technically if you're a commander in chief, you should fucking know about everything. You should be, you're responsible for all the acts of the actors that act underneath you. Yes. Particularly if it's on behalf of the executive positions when you're talking about intelligence spaces and whatnot. Well, these guys made it to where, if a company does something illegal and something financially fraudulent or financially not necessarily to where it's committing fraud, but just to where it's unethical, the CEO pays the price, whether he fucking knew about it or not. So they made it that way with, with companies that are publicly traded so why shouldn't it be that way with the president or the secretary of state or whoever? I mean, legally, that's always going to be an apples and oranges kind of thing. Because at, at that rate, anything that happened underneath them, you know, the, 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 the government and the capabilities inside the government with regards to the access that they have for any number of, you know, spy programs, you know, anything that you could imagine, that is way, way bigger than, like, 
a corporation's position. You're always going to have things functioning beneath you that are not on the up and up. I mean, if that happened, every everything would shit would roll uphill, like even for the littlest things. Well, that's the thing is that the burden of command. I mean, no matter where you are in management, shit is going to hit you from both sides. The people above you are going to hit you with stuff, complaining about stuff you did or did not do. And the people below you are going to hit you with shit about stuff that you did or did not do or that they want and you didn't do it. So you're going to get hit no matter what. So let's say the president, for example, he's going to get hit on the one side by, I don't know, Congress lobbyists, those guys. Why didn't you do this? You said you were going to sign off on the bill, yada, yada, yada. Then on the other side, you've got a bunch of assholes like me writing fucking letters to him saying, you know, you're a fucking fraud. You didn't do anything. The fucking weed pardons were bullshit. You know, when are you actually going to pardon somebody that means something? Why don't you fucking legalize drugs? You're worthless. You dumb cocksucker. <laughs> so he's he's getting hit on on both sides. Regardless of plausible deniability, I know what you're saying, but what, see, what you're saying makes me think that even more, we need to rein certain things in. Like, instead of having all of those intelligence programs that we talked about on the intelligence show, since now they operate on both foreign soil and here, why not just fucking break down the walls put them all under one roof and say, you are now the United States intelligence, whatever. You know, I, of course I love, I love, uh, but you, you, you're, you're, you're asking for them to have a degree of accountability where they're not, I mean, it's structured this way, right? I, mean, I know that's, it's that, on that's purpose. The whole, that's the whole intention. So I, I'm not going to get really heavy into an ideal type game where I'm going to say this picture of it would be better because that's the way it ought to be. But I just my point is that there's a fundamental danger when you have such a bloated. Uh, I mean, something that I've sort of been suggesting throughout is is that post 1945, uh, once we realize the function of military in in creating that uh, value that could be extracted, you know, as surpluses from production positions. Once that happened. Uh, it just exploded and you like military contracts, you know, and then intelligence agencies functioning the way that they did. And they have their own uh, monies that's being funneled up towards them that are part of these, you know, other arms of these military activities, because that's for all intents and purposes, what they are. It's like a permanent military position that like, well, I, I would love for us to be, you know, honest enough and, and to have something that we could call democracy and actually mean that it was a democracy like it looked like a democracy to where you have an institution like that that is both <clears throat> um, accountable to to the citizens that, that it's interacting with and then the uh, and following the direction of the executives that are supposed to be above them. But, I mean, this is just a... It's just a dream, you know. Okay, so let's let's pretend for a minute that we're not necessarily living in a utopia, but let's pretend that Joe Biden, as commander in chief, does have command 
authority, responsibility, and accountability. Okay, so we know for sure he's got command and authority. Um, the responsibility and the accountability are the important ones. So let's kind of talk about who he would be responsible and accountable to, right? So we have the United States population. <laughs> um, and that that is who he should be responsible and accountable to. You couldn't to. even get it out of your mouth without no, laughing. No, I couldn't. It was <laughs> tough. Um, we have his constituents, the persons that actually voted for him. We have his donors, the people that are sending money to him on a fairly regular basis and buying fucking $100,000 a plate dinners or whatever. Um, then, so that's on, on the one side, right? This is just us. Then within the government, we have what the Congress He's, he's responsible and accountable to them on some level. Um, do you want to say the judicial system? Sure. You don't, <laughs> just shaking your head doesn't do any good. Um, so the people, Congress, the judicial, um, you know, let's say that to some degree he is accountable and, and responsible for and to his cabinets and the other departments within the executive branch. Um, and then really the entire government, again, on, on some level. Uh, when we're talking about military, then, you know, really we're talking about the Department of Defense, which we don't necessarily have to talk about military when we're talking about the burden of command, but... Really? Well, again, I mean, the burden of command is anybody that has to do something and get something accomplished, and then they're accountable to whoever and responsible for whoever. Then why would military not be a part of the accountability in relation to the commander-in-chief? It is. That's why I said his cabinets. Oh, I must have misunderstood something you were saying then. Um, but the reason I said, like, not as much is because at that point, the military, he is more in command and authority of those people. He's still accountable and responsible on some level. But he is more in charge of those people. So he more tells them what to do. Like, he doesn't tell us what to do, right? Okay. But he also doesn't give a shit about us. Um, in more ways than one. <laughs> so, so with the Department of Defense, he's telling whoever the joint chiefs. So he goes to the joint chiefs and says, we're going to have a police action in El Salvador. And then the joint chiefs have to come up with some sort of tactical and strategic move to make that happen. Whether it's deploying troops or running drones or whatever. 
And then, so at that point, they're more accountable to him because they have to provide results. That's all I was saying. I know that there's some accountability to them, but he's not as accountable to them because of the position he's in. I, I get the picture of how things, like, I get the picture of the directionality of the way that things are normally supposed to function, right? But part of the reason why I brought, wanted to bring up Biden in the first place is because of the fact that it's such a joke. Because of the fact that, like, you think about the beginning of the United States, and for whatever reason, I don't, I wasn't there, I don't understand, but when these rich white guys uh, came together and managed to pull off this fucking military action, uh, which is, like, if you think about it, an incredible feat on its own, um, the first person they put in power was was a military person, right? I mean, he was the general, like, the, or at least one of the generals at the top, that was at the top of everything. You're talking about Jorge? Jorge yes. Washington? Jorge Washington, yes, yes, yes. And throughout the course of time, as this sort of space between, there's this movie that was made called The King's Speech, and uh, it was, I, I, I did never watch the whole thing, but one of the things that you could take away from it at the end of it was that the person that's in charge is no longer a person that really is, uh, they represent a burden of uh what am I trying to say? What, 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 burden and command. Burden and command. They represent a burden of command, but they're they're just a figurehead. Well, that was kind of the point. That was why I wasn't real sure we should use Biden for this particular episode. Well, we, I think you misunderstood what I was saying about why we. I, I I would talk about Biden just to demonstrate the fact that he is not that there is no burden that they're not in that space. Like there's there's the normative space where, he, like. It's sort of like that strategic constitutionalism stuff that I was talking about that Janae had been writing about, where there's this this there's this structure that's put in place, and the people that are in the United States have this emotional connection to that stru- structure, and through that emotional structure, we, we connect ourselves to it, but we don't really see how the structure is functioning in our mind, and then how the functioning is, is or how it's functioning in real time. Now, having said that, It's getting this division is getting out of hand. I mean, that like the January sixth thing, those guys were doing that because of that strategic constitutionalism. It was about that fantasy that's in their mind. And we're leading we're going down this very path that is gonna fucking that that is gonna be manipulated as a way. I mean, dude, I, I'm I'm so fucking scared of the next election, I don't even know what to say. I mean, because you know who's gonna go who's gonna go on the Republican side. And if they if they let him on the ticket again, I I'm I'm just gonna fucking shoot myself. I think, dude, because it's I mean that's an embarrassment. He should not be president. If you're talking about Trump, of course I am. He he should not be president. But fuck it, Biden shouldn't be president. Of course. What what happened with with the all this Ukraine stuff that's going on? There are so many illegal co- conflicts of interest. But do you want like the, so? The, the, that's the, that becomes the question that we're like at right now. Do do we want to to continue to do the dance the same way where where we're pretending to go through the motions where we elect somebody and you know there might be a possibility of change in this well, progressive so way that we're fantasizing what, about it? 
What's your suggestion? I, dude, I like I, a monarchy. I'm, no, I'm not. I'm. I, what I'm saying is, we are at an impasse right now. We're we're going to continue to go down the direction that that led us to uh, the delephant. You know, to the. Uh, you want a triumphant? Or we're going to go down a pathway where we uh, we elect a demagogue, right? Who, who will not give up his power until it is forcibly removed. Okay. Him. Well, you remember Bush tried that, right? What? The whole thing where he was starting to write it into the Constitution that he didn't have to step down in times of whatever the fuck he said. And then I think Trump stepped up and tried to do the Bush thing to the nth degree by fucking riling up every fucking hillbilly with a pistol um, and fake armor like a 762 would have gone through any of that <laughs> shit. <laughs> if SWAT was shooting at those guys, there just would have been a bunch of dead guys. But then that begs the question, why why didn't they? Well, maybe some of them wanted to see how far they would go. Maybe some of them wanted to see if it could succeed, which there's no fucking way it could have, not based on that, because... In order for a true coup to occur, you need people in the power structure to back your play, right? Of course, yes. Um, That's why I said earlier when I was talking about the military, like you, you have to have the full force of the military, right? Not, you. but I mean, not just the military. But that, like I just meant that I brought that up. Yes, that, yes, I'm agreeing with you. You need congressmen. You need you need senators. You need people that are in different spaces along the State Department. You know that are going to back you up. You need. A lot of people with fucking money so that you're not yeah, just the rushing the fucking White House with Absolutely. a pistol. It's not just a political question. Yes, there's a, there's a financial question that has to be behind you, too. So, I don't, I don't know, dude. I mean, I, I don't have the answer. I, I know that we are going down a path that is not a, a good thing, and... And the reason I say it's not a good thing, like I joke around and say that I'm too fucking old to fight. And, and that's a joke, but there's a lot of truth to it. I mean, if if this kind of shit would have happened 20, 30 years ago, you know, maybe. But now, dude, I mean, walking upstairs is a pain in the ass. <laughs> so... I, I, what I would honestly like to see is certain douchebag hillbilly groups waking up and realizing that just being white and from the South does not mean you cannot let someone else from the South join the group or someone from just above Mason Dixie. <laughs> you know, I mean, we, what we need to realize is that we can come together and, and I don't want to sound like fucking Martin Luther King or JFK or some guy with fucking pie in the sky dreams, but, if we continue to stay segregated within our grassroots groups, 
or militias or whatever the fuck they are, right? If we stay segregated, the change will never be made anyway. Fred Hampton got assassinated right after this group of white, poor white kids from Chicago started working with him. Yeah. I mean, everything that you say there, of course, of course I agree with, but part of the other reason why I wanted to sort of like look at Biden and Biden's, you know, and, and how he represents the antithesis of anything meaningful when it comes to a burden of command is like on the left as a, as another group of people that, that has all these pie in the sky, sort of like uh, dispositions. I was, I was listening to this thing the other day and uh, somebody asked the, this guy that wrote this book, um, Aziz, I can't remember what his last name is, but uh, I'll figure it out later. But they, they asked about, like, why it is that the left can't uh, meaningfully cultivate a revolutionary subject, you know. And, and the fact of the matter is, is that they're, first of all, they're too scared to, to do anything that would resemble power, like in a, in a, in a, form, like a formative and formidable way. And second is that they're so afraid of what happened with Stalin and Mao that they don't even know where to go with it on the ground. But when I see the, the thing that scares me the most about the trajectory, like you said, Bush, Bush put it out there. Trump actually did, made a half-hearted effort at it, which, I mean, if you look at a lot of the things that are happening right now, where he's trying to create the conditions to where he could make a much more full-hearted effort, there are no actors throughout the world that are capable of countering this in a, in a meaningful there's certainly no let me say it differently no actors at least within the united states that are capable of countering it differently we don't even know how to uh quash what it is that trump is doing because we're bound up in this certain concept of how change is supposed to function in terms of electoral politics and and, and all of that like even the people that I listen to they always go back to electoral politics like if this guy ends up getting in power there's a reason why you said you just shoot yourself because Anything that resembled, fake or not, a democracy or whatever, whatever we allegedly have in the United States is just going to be fucking gone. I still think that we give them too much power just by paying attention to them. Like, I mean, I said his fucking name twice. And I hate him a lot. Um, but, you know, it's... <laughs> But you can't just bury your head in the sand. I I'm not saying bury your head in the sand. I'm saying to fucking ignore the guy and quit giving. Okay, so in the 80s, beginning of the 80s, every fucking news show had some news story about a drive-by shooting and gangbangers shooting each other and, and murder here, murder there, and it was all gang-related. Uh -huh. And that was the fucking headline, gang-related, gang shooting, whatever. Those murders didn't entirely go away, but we were feeding the fucking fire because they, at that point, were getting, they felt like they were famous because they saw themselves on the news. And it wasn't even necessarily, you know, Bob Jones kills whoever. It was Crips shoot bloods or, you know, whatever. The news, at least here in Denver, made a decision to not say those stories, at least not as often, you know, that we're not going to do it. And 
gang shootings really kind of dropped down. I mean, they didn't happen all of the fucking time. And, and the only reason that I know that is because I fucking look at stuff like the FBI crime report and, you know, I watched the Denver police map tracker and, and shit like that. So those crimes actually did kind of subside for a while. Um, and maybe they're still down. I don't know, but it was because you didn't have that, that infamy, you weren't famous. So I'm not saying don't try to stop drive-by shootings. I'm saying don't report drive-by shootings. So the more we say Trump did something stupid, the more power we're giving him. But you and I talking on this, like I, I can say, like gives them about that much. But MSNBC, CNN, and, and, and Fox, their ratings have all been down since Trump left office, right? right. So because they don't care about anything else other than their their uh, bottom line, when he when he comes back, not if he comes back, when he comes back, he is going to be, and they're going to put him up there and just on the, you know, if it's not on the ticker tape thing, or he will be on there twenty four seven because people will start watching cable news again. Yeah, but they're still talking about Trump now. But it'll be different if he's if the, when the former running and all the different things. Of course, they're talking about him. I mean, the 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 January sixth shit isn't isn't finished with you know because they care about ratings. Yeah. Uh, also, yes, I mean, all I'm saying is, you know. If he does something fucking important, talk about it. Don't talk about him otherwise. That's all. And and I'm not talking about you and me. Yeah, I'm talking, talking about, about the big, everybody. The big people. Yeah. You know, leave it alone. Don't give him power. Because that's what you're doing. Because the more they report it, then two things happen. One a bunch of dildos who think January 6th was a real fucking thing and it needed to happen. It they think, there. It yay Trump, yay yeah. Trump. And two, all of the people that hated Trump are like, fuck Trump, fuck Trump. And even saying fuck Trump gives them power. Yeah. So then they go on Twitter and they do all of that shit and yeah, just ignore him. Builds, you build a ton of, a ton of momentum. But... Either way, like uh, just the, the when you have such a colossal capability with regards to the way that our government is structured now, like just like the, the and this was something that they were making as soon as the, as soon as like the Snowden revelations came came out, where everybody, regardless of who it was that he was working for or what his background is, what everyone should have been up in arms, but they're not. I mean. The, the system has become so bloated with power. I mean, it's funny to even think about, like, what, like, fucking division of powers between the fucking branches of government. Like, there's, the executive has done so much to enhance its, its position that, and, and don't get me wrong, there are still things that happen through the courts that, 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 ha that affect, I mean, obviously, you know, we started this whole endeavor with Roe v. Wade, you know, so we, we, like, I acknowledge that that is, that those things are still important and that there is a thing like judicial supremacy and that there are people in Congress that make laws and blah, 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 blah. But, uh, if you get the wrong person in the top, at the top of this, then it's game over. It's just straight game over. And it doesn't, you know, the funny thing is it doesn't have to be capital T. It could be somebody else that's equally insidious with regards to their dispositions 
and would put their claws in forever and make, you know, Hitler look like a, an afterthought. See, I don't know, and maybe I'm wrong, I don't think that any of these people are true fucking tyrants. I know that I talk about the government oppressing us, but it's not necessarily because of one person. I think all of those people who end up making the top office, or even VP for that matter, they are people that want one of two things, or maybe both. And that is, they want to make money, and they want to be famous. I don't know that it really has anything to do with power. I mean, as near as I can tell, JFK and Clinton just wanted to get laid. You know, I mean, because, well, if you try to track it, and, and it's difficult, but what is it the saying that whenever you're elected president, you didn't actually accomplish anything? It was six years prior. It was it was two terms prior. You it know, takes that much time for the effect right. of what you're doing to catch up with. Uh, you know, so Clinton got this big fucking hurrah for the economy at the time, and he hadn't really done shit for the economy. Oh, he got he, he got lucky. I mean, the fucking the tech boom was happening in the middle of his presidency. You know, so all of these things, if they happened during their presidency, they didn't really fucking do it anyway. And that show Veep actually kind of illustrated that because she went and she finally made it to president and she freed all of the the people in Tibet. She freed Tibet. But the following president got credit for freeing Tibet. <laughs> um, obviously, that didn't really happen. But... Um, you know, so I, I don't know. I think they just do it for the money and and the fame. I don't know. I mean, on some level, I wish I wish I could believe that what you're saying is right, but I just... Well, how much power do they really fucking have? Well, and I know you're saying that that's changing, and it is. But. Yeah, I mean, if, if, the, if the position continues to allow it to consolidate... I mean, it's funny. There was a... I didn't... I was... You know, when you start going down rabbit holes, I found this interview with Steve Bannon, and this was from uh, two or three weeks prior to the January 6th. No, it wasn't. It wasn't January 6th. Even. It was um, It was done about a month before the actual election. And he said, he said, you just wait. If, if, if Trump loses, he's going to start doing everything that he can to, to not to not leave office and, and nothing short of telling people to pick up guns and he started to go down the list of it. And it literally was everything that happened. Like, and I can't believe that Bannon's so smart that he thinks that that was really premeditated. I think that he was, Trump was being coached by people that were around him because like I said, I, Trump is not the person that I'm scared of. It's the people around Trump that scare me. You know, it's the people that Rogers, all those. So it's, it's the Dick Cheney ish. Yes, guys. exactly. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, except for, and it wouldn't be Mike Pence, although I wouldn't want Mike Pence to ever be president either, but that's for very different reasons. That's because he wants to turn everybody into a God fearing Christian. But, uh, I'd rather have somebody trying to talk to me about Christianity than have somebody totally obliterating the structure of our system of self-reproduction, maybe. maybe. Maybe not. Maybe I don't agree with that. Maybe if you have somebody come in that, that, that 
kind of throws caution to the wind and tries to break things up, maybe so you could have a revolutionary uh, subject coming from the side. But we're all reacting right now anyway, so it wouldn't matter. Nothing's consolidated. There's no possibility there. What's up? Nothing. I was just looking at the time um, because, you know, we we slightly went off topic and started talking about a different dipshit who isn't even there. And, and it's not that I disagree with where we went. It's just that we're coming close to the end. Um, but actually, it's not necessarily a bad thing for this episode. It's a bad thing for everyone else. Um, if whoever ends up in office does some fucking tyrannical, oppressive, change the constitution shit where they're basically the only one in power, you know, he pulls like a fucking... Caesar type move and and kills the Senate, um, and that was only one of the Caesars that did that, and I can't remember which one. Not, not it, anyway, um, then he now has a real burden of command. That would be that. That is because you're you you totally yeah you've destroyed the base and now it's all on you. I mean in that moment because he's gotten rid of everybody underneath him yeah. essentially um, that has any point counterpoint type of that's power. Yeah, that's a fact. Um, which is again, you know, why I didn't really want to talk about Biden or Putin, and then I thought, well, if we if we talk about the Ukraine thing, then maybe. There is some of the burden of command stuff we can talk about and go back and forth with, but this might be better, um, except for we've only got like five or six minutes left. Um, so in order for that to happen, like let's say, because there was another Caesar that took over and he basically took away the power of the Senate because he wanted to restore it at some point. So he became ultimate emperor and not for the purposes of being a dick, but for rebuilding Rome into what it was supposed to be. Right. And this is what Marcus Aurelius was referring to when he said, we need to give the power back to the Senate. Yes. So if you do something like that, then is it a bad thing? Even though you have that emperor, I'm in total power thing. There's no doubt that you, you, well, you, you, you would have to, because maybe part of the reason why I brought it up in the, wanting to do it in the first place is because we are at this existential, we like, there's no real power structure that's existing. It's just, you can't even point to anything and realize where it's coming from. No, Cause everybody does whatever they want, which suggests that like there's, there's a, a scene in the the first of the Picard seasons where um, Seven of Nine has to go. She's the Borg lady, right? That was in Voyager. She has to to have the power of the Borg be stuck in her, so that she can stop a bad thing from happening and make sure that everything goes okay. 
And that is tantamount, at least in the, to this space that she's in, to absolute power, which is essentially what you're suggesting. Now, it's, it's not exactly the same thing because she has to do it all in just like two or three minutes. Whereas if a person's going to take power as, as an absolute sort of like despot or something like that, that's going to be something that you're going to have to rehabilitate over a, a significant period of time. And you're going to have to get people to trust you while, while you're doing it. And nobody is going to trust anybody to do that at the beginning. But we might very well be at a, at a moment where whether we like it or not, something like, like that might be. It's a good question. It's See, a very I don't, question. I don't think Trump is that guy. No, I don't either. I don't either. I don't think he's the rebuild guy because he's yeah. not smart enough to do something like that, I don't think. But, you know, I mean, you know, you mentioned Hitler. I think he might be one of those Hitler guys if he took total power. You know, he's... It could get real ugly, yeah. Slamming his fist and fucking bobbing his fucking Cheeto hair around. Um, yeah, what I don't... Do you, what do you think? I mean... I don't know. I don't want it to be... Like, seriously, if I'm too old to fight, if something like that happens, I'm fighting. <laughs> um... Just because they they took it all away. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you tell me you're going to rebuild it and you show me the way you're going to rebuild it, maybe. But if you take it all away just so that Fortunately. you can fucking do whatever, that's a different thing yeah. altogether. That's, that's why I said the faith thing. Like you, you're asking you, you that individual will be asking us to put a lot of really so much faith and it's something that no I mean. It would be absolute. It'd be absolute global power, you know. Ish, not. I mean, not absolute. Absolute global power because there are still things that are functioning outside your sphere of control. But you're controlling a lot of a lot of the pieces of the big puzzle. Well, you are, but at that point, I mean, depending, because that was somebody that we didn't talk about the responsibility and accountability to, you know, the global community and these other heads of state. They would be responsible and accountable to each other as well. Yeah. So if somebody comes in and starts banging their fist and running their Cheeto hair in the wind and whatever, <laughs> um, I don't think that the other heads of state are going to just fucking throw up their hands and go, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. They probably, they probably, we'd probably have war on our soil or, or something along those lines. I mean, at that point, you know, now we've got embargoes on us. You know, and, and shit like that. Now China's not importing anything or manufacturing any of our stuff. Um, fucking India shuts down all the fucking call so centers. Things, yeah. um, you know, Bangladesh, no more manufacturing there. Mexico mm -hmm. says fuck off. Canada mm -hmm. says fuck off. And because we've outsourced everything, we don't have the, the infrastructure to even make anything function right anything. so we're sitting around they fucking quit using the fucking dollar as the global currency and now all of a sudden we're fucked financially i i mean we're we're in the toilet well maybe there's another way i mean maybe but i mean the only other way would be for something to to occur at the next sphere above like to where we started to negotiate certain positions with because like one of the really shitty things about and i know you you, you didn't want to talk about ukraine and russia at all but the the Minsk Accords, both of them, like Russia just wanted to be, uh, you can somebody could turn around and say to me, you know, he's this evil guy, and he was just if if he would have been in this position, then he he would have you know just devastated things. No, I I don't know that that's necessarily the case. 
because we never have sort of allowed him to come into the fold. You know, we've invited all of these other countries that were part of the Eastern Bloc. And in, in Minsk, it said very clearly that they want, like, if you're going to create a military alliance, they, they said, I'd like to participate in that. You know, I mean, fuck. Isn't that a good thing? You know, if Russia says, you know, the United States, maybe we could start doing joint exercises together, you know, as a, as a show of good faith that we're all operating along the same historical trajectory. But in the middle, because that, and so if, if something like that were to happen, that might be able to quash, because no matter what, as long as this power structure keeps functioning like this and like people continue to get alienated from it because they know they're not like, they know that voting isn't going to do the things that they want to do. Uh, or they, they just feel basically so disenfranchised that they're not part of the system. It lends itself to a situation that is bad. So either you're going to have this weird, you know, uh, Cheeto eating Mussolini, you know, hair flowing in the air, you know, guy, or yeah. you, you have something else where we start to coordinate uh, our activities with other you know, with the bricks, you know, and stuff like I'm that. I'm not sure that scale. I dig one world order any better because, because then, then if some fucking dictator jumps up to the top of that, then we're really fucked. Cause at that point it is one world order. But we ha- we have to make a choice. I mean, we're going to have to do something. No, I, I understand that. I mean, but if, if a dictator's to take power, then there are only two choices, go along or fight one or the other. I mean, and and fight could be making the other countries understand what's going on here. Um, Fight could be shooting a bunch of fucking people. I don't know what fight means until said theoretical (laughs) thing happens. Um, God damn it. Now I'm all fucking nervous and shit. Why? Because you said something about what? No, because you said that our country is even more fucked than it already is, or could be. Um, I could be. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> yeah, that that really put me at ease. Um, so we came up on fifty minutes. If we were one of those podcasts that did exclusive content, then within the next forty-five minutes or so, you'd probably have some exclusive content. Unfortunately, <laughs> we're not one of those podcasts. That sounds like a like a you know public service announcement. If you were one of those podcasts, that okay. nobody pays the four of you that listen to us. We will continue to do it for you absolutely for free. That is correct. And these 50 minutes would have been free anyway. The exclusive content is what you would have had to pay for. But that doesn't exist. All right, people. Thanks for listening. Um, This is Brian Courtney. And you can reach us on Twitter at ShortBustDebate. TikTok, ShortBustDebateClub. Phone number is 720-334-ROLL. And uh, next next episode we'll be talking to you about... uh, about this in the context of how it's been presented in it, on in films on on TV shows, a lot of those are you know framed by post post apocalyptic uh, spaces, but uh, most of them. But like, I mean, shit. there's other stuff. Yeah, we could really just think of the burden of command. I mean, really, it, you have the burden of command in this fucking house, dude. Yeah, fuck that shit. No, but like Winston Churchill, you know that that goofy movie that what the the darkest hour or something like that. That's 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 an interesting one. Henry V, of course, the 
the reenactment of the Shakespeare play that Kenneth Branagh did. There's a lot of different places that we can talk to that are not post-apocalyptic as well. So. The Hunt for Red October, Patriot Games. The Hunt for Red October is fucking awesome. All right, we're going to shut up now. See you guys later. Thanks, later.